0: and welcome to the 100 podcast it's Ed and charlie here with you hope you're well today we're doing another of our team previews this time round, it's the birmingham phoenix men's side they made it all the way to the final last year playing some really entertaining cricket they're going to be back wanting to go all the way but injury concerns that are plaguing their squad might well be their achilles heel charlie
1: yeah, it might well be a big concern for them. There's still plenty of quality in their squad, but they've got three players ruled out for the tournament already, and there's potential that a fourth key player might not be fit either. And as yet, we don't have replacements named for these players. So while it's a little tricky to predict who's going to come in and how are they going to line up, we're doing the best we can. That might still be a big issue for them regardless.
0: And things might change by the time we release this podcast, uh, replacements could be named in the next couple of days. We're recording this earlier in the week. So we, we're not really aware of when the replacements are coming in uh, or what point they might come in. So worth keeping on our Twitter page at Podcast 100, where we will update uh, with replacements for the Boeing Phoenix. But As of earlier this week, this is where we stand with the Phoenix. But before we get to those injuries, specifically in the bowling department, let's start with the strength of the side, which is really a really exciting top six batting lineup will Smead and matthew wade go at the top of the order obviously brought in matthew wade this year and then will Smead last year was fantastic in the 100 averaging 33 striker of 172 had a good blast this year as well striking about 160 had a fabulous psl i think it's a nice left right kind of combination at the top of the order charlie one young gun one very experienced player matthew wade i think it could be a nice combo
1: yeah, I definitely think it could be. Smead obviously has gone from strength to strength. We've been big fans of him on this podcast for a while now. He was so good last year. He's such a powerful hitter the ball, particularly pace. But his game against spin has improved as well. That was a bit of weakness of his, but he's made real strides in that area as well. Alongside Matthew Wade, the left hander. I thought Finale might have been coming back, but Matthew Wade makes sense given the right hand left hand combination and the fact he's a useful keeper as well. I think it's an exciting opening pair. I'm looking forward to seeing how they go.
0: Yeah, it's a good partnership, I think. And then you go into that middle order and you've got all of the star power starting with Moeen Ali at three let's focus on him because he's a massive star Charlie left-handed player excellent hitter of spin bowls a little bit of useful off-spin, which will be useful as well but you know a true star captain of this side I think he just kind of encapsulates everything the Birmingham Phoenix are about.
1: Absolutely he's had a very good year for England in the t 20 game as well I mean, striking at a really high rate batting higher up the order than he has done typically for England in the past He's just such a good hitter, particularly of spin. Occasionally he can get troubled by a high pace, particularly when it's short and bounced into him, but he's still a fine, fine player. And I think he's going to be so important for the Birmingham Phoenix. I think his bowling could well prove to be quite useful for them as well, because as we'll get into, there might be some issues in that department.
0: And then you have the breakout star of the 100 at four, Liam Livingston. You look at what he did last year, averaging 58, striker over 178. He hit 49 boundaries and 195 balls last year. He is a phenomenal player, Charlie, finally getting his chance the England side. For the Birmingham Phoenix, having Smead, Moeen, Livingston and Wade, all in that top four is huge.
1: He has been a superb cricketer in the last couple of years. His ball striking in particular, the way he hits those massive sixes off the pace is so impressive. And his versatility as well to be able to bowl both off breaks and leg breaks, depending on which type of batter is at the crease, is also going to be really vital for this team. I think that flexibility that he has is going to be so useful. He can bat up the order, he can bat coming lower down the order. And again, it's that versatility that makes him a really out T20 cricketer. He's going to be so important to the Phoenix.
0: I think this batting order is going to be really important because as we'll get on to, they're going to need to fire to support this bowling lineup. before we get there, Miles Hammond at five, Chris Benjamin at six, two really fun players. Miles Hammond plays a reverse sweep very well, a good matchup player against Spin, left hander, which is nice. Then Chris Benjamin obviously only played one professional T twenty before being drafted in by the Phoenix and winning them a game against the London Spirit. Two really fine young players there, Charlie, that had a lot of batting depth and a lot of talent, and they're going to support that top.
1: Order. Yeah, Hammond is a really interesting player. He's quite unique actually. Typically, he was an opener for Gloucestershire, but last season he came into the Phoenix setup and they used him a lot as a spin hitter in the middle order because they liked his game against the spin. And it worked really well for them. It had a very good campaign there. And I was quite surprised to be honest that Gloucestershire didn't use him in the middle order a bit more this season as well. Compared with Chris Benjamin, who was another fine hitter of the spin. In fact, that was the main reason he was recruited last season because Moeen Ali had played against him and really admired the way that he hit the spinning ball. So those two will be very useful. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a bit of floating in our order going around there as well. Now, originally, we expected Tom Abel would have played in that middle order slot, probably over Miles Hammond. He is injured, unfortunately. He pulled his hamstring playing against Essex in the championship for Somerset, and he'll be out in our competition, which is a loss for them. Probably not the biggest loss, just because they've got plenty of depth in their batting department. Anyway, and Hammond is a more than adequate replacement, but it is a shame.
0: Yeah, it is a shame and obviously they can bring Dan Malsdy the in their wild card pick who's a left-handed player for the Birmingham Bears um, average 55 strike of 178 in the Barters that's only from four innings so a small sample size also offers some kind of handy off breaks there's a little bit there so let's get into the bowling because that's really where the crux of this side is and I'm going to go through the entire bowling attack we have in a moment because we've really been trying to piece it together due to injuries obviously Matt Fisher originally went out they replaced him with Tom Helm Chris Woke's been ruled out for the entire tournament, then Ollie Stone's been ruled out for the entire tournament, Adam Milne is probably going to be unavailable for half of the tournament at the very least, their seam attack has been massively hit with injuries, and they haven't yet replaced a couple of players, so currently all they have in the seam bowling department is Kane Richardson, Henry Brooks, maybe Adam Milne at some point, and Tom Helm. So this is the bowling lineup that we've picked for the first game. We've got Benny Howell at seven, obviously a really good year last year. We know his quality. Graham Van Buren at eight, the slow left arm. Hasn't played much due to injury this year, but he's a useful left arm. Couldn't be good in the power play. Adds a little bit of batting depth as well. Kane Richardson, the Australian Seamer at nine. Henry Brooks at ten. And Imran Tahir at eleven. It's a difficult attack to try and piece together without the stars, Charlie, because the loss of Adam Milne specifically is huge. When at 0.95 runs per ball last year, 12 wickets in eight games, average of under 11. He was the best bowler in the tournament, and it's going to be incredibly difficult to replace him.
1: Yeah, it really is. It's unclear how much the company's going to play at this point. There's not much injury news on him right now at the time of recording, so it's hard to say for sure. But any game he does miss is, unfortunately, going to be a real loss for them regardless. Kane Richardson is a perfectly adequate replacement, especially the death. He does his best work there. However, I don't think he's as good as Adam Milne. I think it's that simple. The other issues you have is, obviously, without Wokes and Stone, I think two seamers who are going to play every game for them this season if they were fit, you drop off then to Henry Brooks and Tom Helm. Two perfectly decent bowlers, Bill means, especially Henry Brooks. I really rate him in terms of a potential player in years to come, but I don't think he's quite ready for the big time yet, starting every single game. He isn't necessarily a regular for the Birmingham Bears. It's a lot of pressure on someone like him at his age to essentially be the second seamer, because in the attack that we've got here, we only have two genuine out-and-out pace bowlers in Richardson and Brooks. Beyond that, you're into Benny Howell and the spinners. And... I don't think that's necessarily how they would have wanted to line up at all. But given what they have, I don't really know what else they can do. Maybe leave out Van Buren for Tom Helm, but given how Tom Helm went last season for Phoenix and given how he's gone this year for Middlesex, I don't think they want to have to do that. But this is the problem you have. You're relying on players that you would want to be squad players, ideally, and they're going to have to play in every game. It's an issue.
0: Frankly, I'm not even sure they're squad players. Both Henry Brooks and Tom Helm have been dropped by their county this year. Tom Helm in the 100 last year went to over two runs per ball. Incredibly expensive. And look, we really appreciate Henry Brooks. We think he's a good talent. Come of 9.4 and for Birmingham this year. Only played seven games. So Henry Brooks, I'm fine with being a squad player. Tom Helm, I'm not. And this is the problem that you have, is that you have two seamers, one of which is going to have to play... Who are not playing for their counties regularly, who are probably going to be quite expensive. I think you have to play Graham Van Buren in that situation because you cannot put Tom Helm out there. And then who are you really going to bring in to replace him as is the issue? Because we know that the situation with seamers around the country isn't fantastic. I mean, I think the options you maybe look at Scott Curry went very well for Hampshire last year, didn't really play this year, and when he did was a bit expensive, but I think he's got potential. Zach Chappell, very small sample size, but good for both Gloucestershire and nottinghamshire when he bowled this year but there's not really many options and that's the situation you've ended up with and i think that's kind of a failure of this offseason look it's unlucky that all of these players are injured but when you have ollie stone matt fisher henry brooks chris wokes and adam mill who've all at separate points in the last couple of years had serious injury concerns It's not going to be a surprise when two or three of them are injured. And frankly, it probably shouldn't be a surprise that this many are injured. Obviously, it's unlucky. But if you keep bringing in bowlers with these injury concerns, things like this are going to happen. And I think that was the slight problem. You look at every move in isolation, you think these are good bowlers. It's absolutely fine. But then you get into this situation where all of them are injury prone. This is where the issue comes. So a bit unlucky, but... Matt Fisher in the draft, you could have taken Chris Wood instead. Imagine how much better you feel with Chris Wood kind of in the power play with a bit of Graham Van Buren, one set of Kane Richardson, then Richardson and Wood at the death. You feel so much better about the side. So, look, they got unlucky, but I do think that that strategy has backfired significantly, and there was always a big chance it was going to.
1: Yeah, it was always going to be risky when you're picking players with that kind of injury record. I completely see that. and while. You know i do get the risk associated with that i think having this many injuries at once is not ideal and i don't think that's something that they would have necessarily prepared for that is bad luck isn't it and look i i see the risk involved in the strategy but it is deeply unfortunate this has happened all so close to the competition beginning as well leaving it with not much time to really prepare replacements and clearly that's in the works now we don't know who that's going to be but it's it's a real shame, I think. I'm just bitterly disappointed to not be able to see an attack that would have been, at full strength, Tahir, Wokes, Stone and Adam Milne. That would have been so exciting for me to see. Instead, what we have is just not of an equivalent quality and it's, it's a shame. It's a real pity. And I I feel bad for the team, genuinely, because it's just, it's it's sad.
0: Is You create your own luck to an extent, but this is incredibly bad luck. And I agree that that attack in full strength would have been fantastic. Ollie Stone was really good for the Bears this year. it was been so much fun to see him, Wokes, Milne, to hear Howell all together in the same attack with Livingston and Moeen. It's a real shame, as you say. But I do think that there is a possibility that they can make this work. Obviously, we talked a little bit of Graham Van Buren, nice in the power play, could use him there. Kane Richardson, a little bit of a death. Henry Brooks is an interesting enforcer in the middle overs, maybe. You've got Imran to here and Benny Howell, who are two really good operators. Then you've got a bit of Moeen and Liam Livingston, two experienced players who can play the matchups. There is a way that this can work. It's just going to be a little bit of a struggle. They're going to have to be clever. But on a very quick note on Benny Howell and Imran Tahir. Benny Howell's not really a seamer, but he's just been a a gun player for so long in T20 cricket. Imran Tahir is one of the great T20 leg spinners. So much fun to watch. Those two are going to have a lot of pressure on them, but they are high quality, Charlie.
1: They absolutely are. I think that is the strength of this bowling attack. By far and away, what they have to offer in the middle overs is going to be where Phoenix drag it back the ball. You've got Imran here, who is such a good leg spinner. He has been brilliant for years and why he hasn't played a great deal this season. I don't think he's played about February in terms of professional cricket. I don't think that's going to bother a man of his experience. I think he's going to come in and deliver straight away. And Benny Howell, we saw how good he was last year. There are a few people maybe doubting if his bowling style would step up to the 100 and translate at a high level. And I think he completely answered those critics in fine style. He was superb at Phoenix last year, so economical. He has so many little subtle variations in the way he bowls that can be so hard to get away. So he's going to be incredibly useful there. Add those two to Moeen and Livingstone, who will bowl very handy off spin and leg spin depending on the situation. In Livingstone's case, they'll be bowling matchup spin. It's a good middle-overs attack. Genuinely, that's one of the better middle-overs units they have in this competition. Plus, Granban Buren as well. He may play also. Um, It's a good spin attack. And Benny Howe's not really a spinner, but he kind of is. He's impossible to categorise. But that's going to be the strength of this bowling unit.
0: Benny Howell went for 1.2 runs per ball last year. Fantastic. 11 wickets in nine games, averaging 18.5. I think the interesting thing about this is actually, if you look at it, it can't really be too much worse than last year. Obviously, losing Adam Milne that is a massive, massive problem for them. But the second Seema last year was a disaster for them. Dylan Pennington, 1.77 runs per ball. Pat Brown, 1.96 runs per ball. Tom Helm, 2.04 runs per ball. It was a disaster. So obviously a missing Milne. Obviously it's not a good bowling attack necessarily, but... Last year didn't also wasn't a particularly good bowling attack, and they made it work because of the class of Milne, Tahir, Howell, and the batting lineup. So, there is a way for this team to work. So, what are your expectations for the Phoenix in 2022, Charlie?
1: Well, in a different season where there weren't so many other bowlers injured across the competition, I would say that the loss of Stone and Wokes could be quite fatal for them in terms of their chances for that top three spot. However, given that they are by no means the only team to have had fast bowlers pull out of injury. I would say that kind of levels are playing field for them. And I think that will be giving me a bit of confidence if I was in the Phoenix think tank right now, just because, you know, you can look yourself and think at least we're not the only ones who have this issue. So if they really double down on their strength, the batting, and if that pays off as it did last year, which I see no reason why it wouldn't. And if that middle overs unit can deliver as it did last year, which again, I see no reason why it wouldn't then there is no reason why they couldn't make a pretty decent stab again at that top three. I do think that the batting is so strong and has so much to like about it, that that alone should be enough to see them through the top three. I won't lie, the seam bowling does look like a concern right now. It's hard to know for sure because they haven't got the replacements in, but whoever they do get won't be the quality of stone and wokes. But I think the strength in depth they got with their batting will be enough.
0: I want to watch is going to be Dan Malsley. obviously the wild card pick brought in. He probably doesn't make it into the first choice 11 just yet, but I think we know a lot about this batting lineup already. You know, a really exciting player, as I mentioned in the blast this year, averaging 55, striker of 178, small sample size, but really fun player, can bowl some match-up off-spin. Don't know how much game time he's going to get, but if he does come in, could be one of those young players that the Phoenix succeed on and hit on in the batting department. Yeah, I can
1: definitely see him playing a few games, to be honest with you. I think there is absolutely a situation in which he comes into that middle order and does well. You saw how well Chris Benjamin did last year from a situation where he'd not played very many games, and look how well he did. Phoenix are not afraid to throw someone into the action who hasn't played a great deal of cricket before. They are not scared to do that. And Mousley, for me, is the obvious contender in this lineup who can have a breakthrough this year. His record while not very big in terms of sample size is very good. And I think that will not deter the Phoenix from putting him in. I would not be surprised if he gets a fair few games here.
0: In terms of our fancy pick, we're going to go with Liam Livingston or Moe Ali, really. I think because they're both going to have to bowl a bit because, you know, the bowling attack isn't as strong as it could be. That means they're going to get significant overs, specifically against matchups. Obviously, Liam Livingston kind of matchup proof, so we might get a few overs. And then with the bat, we know their class. So two players very high are on my rankings, at least, for my fantasy cricket team.
1: Yeah, and I think they'll be pretty high in everyone's rankings, to be honest. I don't think there'll be many people overlooking Moen or Livingstone of your fantasy team. I feel like I don't really have anything else to say on the matter because it's very obvious their quality and they're all-round games. So get them straight in your team.
0: So the Birmingham Phoenix in 2022, they've got loads of quality Liam Livingston, Will Smead, Moen Alley coming at it again, but their bowling attack might be hamstrung by the injuries they have. It could all work. There's going to be a lot of pressure on them to get it right in 2022. We've done team previews for every single men and women's side in the competition, so feel free to go check them out if you want more information about the podcast at Podcast 100 on Twitter. But for now, thank you very much for listening. We'll speak to you next time.